welcome to Life Pairings, where two Canadian alcohol connoisseurs mix life events and libations. Hello, I'm Carla Richards. And I'm Brittany Lysing. And this, and this is, is Life, life Pairings. <laughs> we're leaving this in because we're going to do it right one week. <laughs> yep. Because life is hard. So pair it with alcohol. There's no flour. You've been stuck inside for 75 days. And that patio is starting to look mighty tempting as a replacement for your pub, friends, and going outside. So join us today as today's life pairing is gardening and mojitos. We're discussing hired garden hermits and how Ernest Hemingway is a fraud. <gasps> That's shocking to me. I can't wait to hear. I know. What a what a terrible blow. Blow to the, <laughs> blow to the system. We have an update for everybody because I know you guys have all been waiting. We figured out how to pronounce the maker, the Smirnoff, Mr. What we thought was Piotr Smirnoff. Yes, last week we were discussing how to pronounce uh, the spelling P-Y-O-T-E-R. Of, is it Peter? Or is it? I think it's that's the anglicized, yeah. But it's Piotr. Yes, with the roll at the end. With the O. I really get that tongue involved. <laughs> that's what I always say. The Russians really like to get the tongue involved. It's cold there. You gotta get. To, you gotta make sure everything's. Yeah. Roll your R's and drink your vodka. <laughs> but that's not what we're doing this week. We're drinking rum, baby. Yes. We're doing. We're talking gardening, and mojitos. Yeah. What does gardening mean to you, Carla? So generally, it means that I kill it. So and not kill it as in like yeah, like as in it's all dead. So you're not. <laughs> you're not killing it like the kids are killing it. No, I'm killing it like. You're you're killing it like COVID. Yeah. Oh, that's that's, <laughs> that's what the kids are gonna say. It's topical. They're we're killing it like COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I just started. I've started gardening a many a time. I find it quite boring, and I don't understand it. But now that I have all this time, and I can kind of see my plants, so that they're kind of I'm like aware that they're there. Right. I'm taking better care of them somewhat. I've already killed one plant, so it lasted two weeks. So yeah. that's pretty good for, I mean, you're, you're doing, you're doing well. Thank you. <laughs> I only killed I one. Was, was that a, <laughs> well, I'm trying to be encouraging. It's I'm trying to, right. you know, yes. gardening is not known for its negative opinions. <laughs> I have a lot of negative opinions. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I did a deep dive on gardening this week. Right. And by this week, right. I mean, this morning I went to the garden center. Ooh. And got, yeah, I got a raspberry bush, a blueberry bush, nice. a dahlia, and uh, a nice little, uh, some succulents in a little bowl. Oh, perfect. So, yeah, going to do grow some, a, a few fruits, uh, get my desert plants up and running, and I'm going to do a little uh, flowers around the patio. That gardening brings you joy, you know? It does. It's just a, another excuse to drink somewhere else, I feel like, too, when you have flowers outside. <laughs> Yeah, You're like, oh, and, look, I'm not I'm not drinking in the bathroom by myself anymore. I'm outside. Yeah, and you can drink at any time if it's sunny because you're on a patio. There's no time constraints for patios. Maybe like the no. dawn. Maybe that's a little early. If the sun isn't up, don't be. I always say if you don't stop drinking, it doesn't matter what time it is. 
There you go. That's perfect, too. And you were talking, too, about, to me before, about sort of playing in the dirt and how that felt very, you know, back to nature. It's not something we do anymore at all. Yeah, I mean, it feels nice, right? I mean, you feel like like growing all your own food and, and uh, like, you know, being part of the earth and everything. Like, if you're a spiritual person and stuff, like, being next to, you know, the earth is really important and, and that kind of thing. So, I mean, there's a million different uh, benefits for gardening. I, I looked it up, Carla. Mm. Oh, you did. Okay. <laughs> I looked it up. You're like, that is your whole <laughs> section is all you have to do is look up if this is good for you. I looked it up. I did. <laughs> I did another. Deep... And is it good? Because last week it wasn't good. Last so week it was bad. Okay. But you know what? This week <laughs> we're back to good. We're <laughs> yay. In terms of practicality, um, gardening is. I mean, you're eating safer food. You're being healthier. You know, you're all those uh, nutrient packed veggies, less food waste, less environmental impact. Uh, mm. You know, it saves energy, uh, fights soil, soil erosion, and you save money uh, if you're if you're growing all your own, uh, you know, vegetables and stuff like that. And if you're growing flowers, well, that's fun. And it just brings people joy to see flowers, you know. Yeah. And I looked in uh, psychology today, uh, Canada specifically talks a lot about uh how how gardening uh, is a core cause for stress control it helps you do a bunch of stuff it, it helps you learn about yourself and learn about the earth and you're feeding yourself you're feeding your soul I'm, I, i've become a hippie after all this uh, gardening deep dive <laughs> it was hard it was actually you know what it was we'll see what happens in 12 hours when you have to put it in you know what i have dead Sorry. four dead <laughs> raspberry bushes that i paid three million dollars for they yeah. were like total quarantine prices too. They were like, oh, and all they've done is raise the price of flour and flowers. Because they're like, you want bread? Yeah. So yeah. does everybody else. But uh, it was actually... It was... <laughs> and in fact, all the hipsters are making it. <laughs> yeah. They're like, here's a sourdough starter kit and a plant. Do your best. <laughs> That'll be $300. It was funny though. I like just like trying to find reliable, credible... Uh, research on why it's like the the psychology of gardening because most of it was just like a lady being like I like to garden because it connects me with earth and I'm like you're holding crystals <laughs> and wearing no pants so take it easy lady yeah 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 I don't find that I found myself through gardening I found that I'm not good at putting dirt in a container without getting it everywhere have you tried wearing flowy pants no, I haven't. Or none. <laughs> or none. Or none pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. That's why my plant is dead. <laughs> I was gonna say that the it, it's it, there's so many people on there like just being like it's gardening is spiritual and dirt is good for you and I'm like I just want a doctor to tell me these things. <laughs> I don't want a cult leader to tell me why plants are good anymore. But give me a doctor. So I did uh, one of these psychologists uh, in uh, psychology today. But gardening's most profound, over-acknowledged psychological effect is its incessant reminder of life's cycle of birth, renewal, and death, usually in a shorter cycle than we experience with humans. So it's like, you know, you can kind of see like birth and life and death all in one thing. So it's very reflective of life, except for you have control over it where you don't really have a lot of control in your own life, but you can be like, I can grow a raspberry bush. And then it can die and it's okay. 
And it's okay. <laughs> and that was the next part was like teaching you how to be okay with failure. Yeah. That's what yeah. it was like. There's, there's so much failure in gardening because you're like, you really have to learn a lot about it. So it was, it, you know, it te- teaches you patience and strength and, and uh, that if, you know, if something dies, it's, it's going to be all right. Yeah. Just drive 20 more minutes to the garden center, <laughs> pick up another tomato plant. You'll be all right. Oh, this is a lovely uh, philosophy for life. I like it. it. It kind of is, man. And uh, if you're drunk, we'll do it. You can really take it all oh, in. Yeah. So yeah, that was my, uh, I mean, they, it's definitely a, uh, it's a good thing. Uh, and it, te- it, there's a lot of spirituality and uh, connection to the earth and a lot of practicality to it as well in, in terms of saving money and growing vegetables and, and um, eating healthy, you know, you know what you're getting. There's no pesticides. It's, it's all right in your old backyard. Yeah. I mean, it is really exciting. I've only, I'm only doing herbs at the moment, but it is super exciting when I can be like those chives. I grew those. I mean, I didn't grow them. I just came in a pot and I've been watering them, but they're mine. (laughs) But they're mine and they're my babies. (laughs) And now we're eating them. I was going to say, I wonder if like eating those chives is as hard as raising a cow and then having a steak out of it. Oh, I'm sure it's the same. So sorry. So you, Britt, have a pretty big garden. Uh, Well, you have like a backyard. I have not. I have a, yeah, I have a backyard. which has become almost exclusively dandelions i thought you cut them down with the with the lawn i did (laughs) i did i'm it's my constant fight with the dandelions and then i had this like you know what self like realizing moment where i was just like this is why gardening is good for you i'm like you know what there's room for the dandelions too why are we killing them it's like beautiful yellow flowers all over but we've really vilified the dandelion I mean, you can make tea like, with it, can't you? Isn't that a thing? I heard that. I was recently uh, spending some time with my brother and sister-in-law, who's very into plants and planting and gardening currently. She was giving me a lot of tips and mentioned to me that you can make tea with dandelions, and it's very yummy, she oh, said. Interesting. Well, you're going to have to dig some up and eat them. Don't name them beforehand. Well, if I like end up in the hospital, I'm like, we're drinking dandelion tea. They're like, that's your deferred to. I'm like, oh, I did spray poison on them before I made the tea. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Well, with, with oh, your man. lovely backyard, have you ever thought about building a cave or a grotto? Well, this is, we're going to have to have a, <laughs> a section of the show of where Brittany learns what a word means. <laughs> So grotto is, okay, the only reason I also know this is, like, I think it's Hugh Hefner had one in it. Like, <laughs> when you say... It's kind of like a... When you say Hugh Hefner and, like, <laughs> in sort of the context of caves, yeah. I'm just picturing, like, a sex den. Yeah, I think kind of, I think that his one had water and stuff in it. But yeah, it's kind of, I guess, kind of like a cave-ish thing. But you could put this in your backyard. Yeah. And then you could fill it with an unwashed man in a druid rope for seven years. <laughs> I mean, you know how I feel about <laughs> unwashed men. Yeah. Pretty strongly. I would love to put some sort of a under I'm obsessed with like little like secret bunkers and underground pools and stuff i watch a lot of youtube about uh, i don't know if you've heard about these uh these garden hermits 
I don't know. <laughs> Say again. Have you heard about garden hermits? Oh, I just wanted to hear garden hermits again. I heard you the first time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I've yet to, but I'm I'm pretty intrigued. Go on. All right. So here's my little history section. In England in the Georgian times, which is roughly around like 1700s to about 1830s, it became very popular to build these grottos or caves with a, within like a large estate gardens. Like think you're thinking kind of like, you know, Versailles kind of thing. And this was kind of to symbolize a place to go for reflection and meditation on life. Okay. So part of this whole like weird aesthetic movement that focused on melancholy. So oh. basically what just happened is like during the Georgian time, the Georgians just became super emo. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> Black eyeliner and poor taste in music. Yeah. And, you know, just reflecting a lot on life and mortality. But because they had less time, but more disposable income, so kind of like us. Right. They didn't have time to be all Zen. They didn't have time for meditation or reflection. But they could who afford to... Who build. does? I know. <laughs> <laughs> but they could afford to fill their garden with these, you know, these meditation spots. And then what they would do is they would put out little props and pretend they had an imaginary hermit who... Okay. whole occupation was to live a contemplative life. So you couldn't do it because you were building so why not have someone imaginary being in your garden that was doing it for you? That was his whole life. Just hanging out. Okay. So they were, they, they created a false person, like a fake person that lived down there and they just were like, oh yeah, he's doing my meditation for me? Okay, kind of, yeah. They'd like leave out spectacles and like classic literature on a table suggesting that the hermit had just walked away for a moment. You know, probably to do some more oh, wow. reflection. <laughs> I had a very similar mushroom high. <laughs> this has got to be where this came from. There's no way this just came organically. Yeah, this sounds like people were high on drugs. <laughs> you know that old commercial where they were like, this is your brain, this is your brain on drugs, and then they'd splat, splatter an egg yes. in a frying pan? Yeah. They would, what they needed was a grotto with a fake hermit <laughs> gnome in it doing meditation for them yeah. and people will be like ah! <laughs> like i can't afford that uh <laughs> not if i keep up my dirt habit they're like what is that national Ge geographic on the coffee table <laughs> so obviously imaginary hermits are super fun but what about hiring someone to be your garden hermit like a real person like a real yeah that'll show everyone how cool and introspective you are kind of or you are able to afford for that okay typically the contract would be for seven years the hermit could not wash cut his hair beard or nails they were told often not to speak to anyone including the servants who would feed them and give them water and sometimes they would also be kind of like a showpiece for when they had visitors over they could answer questions for the 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 guests or pour wine. There was even one that had to pose with a skull anytime someone walked by. This sounds like a documentary about a cult. You say cult, I say aesthetic <laughs> movement in Georgian times. 
It's or you know what it sounds like. It sounds like performance art, which you know what I hate more than the idea of a cult. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is. I mean they were basically actors, except for they would often only be paid after seven years. So you had to be this hermit for seven years to be getting any money. And if my you word didn't keep to these rules, then you didn't get paid. So I mean it was sort of like slavery or indentured servitude so a little bit not super good right and eventually this kind of went out of favor especially when this this um, melancholy movement faded away because the industrial revolution came in and we had other stuff to be doing than meditating but yeah (laughs) they're like you guys know about wheels yet (laughs) <laughs> the that's that's insane to me that's uh i haven't you know what would happen to me is like five years in they'd they'd figure me out and mm. fire me just like every other job i've had i coast on pure charisma and charm for the first <laughs> five years of any employment i've ever had and then by the fifth year they're like you don't get a lot of work done do you and i'm like boof oh boy well this is a perfect job because you can't you can't do any work you just sit there yeah. Well, that's true. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it because I can't talk. I can't not talk for more than three seconds. Oh, yeah. I'd get real sassy. I'd get a little <laughs> lippy about a year in. No. I wouldn't even <laughs> last 10 minutes before. And I was like, excuse me. I got a question. <laughs> My mom was talking about how she like saw these, uh, these uh, lovely colony of Hutterites who oh, were yeah. working very hard in the field. And she was like, you know, I think I could go back to the simple life. And my dad was like, Bonnie, you'd be kicked out of that <laughs> colony in half a second. <laughs> They'd be like, do the laundry. She'd be like, eat it, pal. <laughs> she was like, that is true. I don't like to be told what to do. Yeah. And that's why she forever remains my dear one. My mother. <laughs> that's amazing. Who specifically asked me to stop talking about her in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Through text messages, phone call, and in person. <laughs> but I can't help it. I like it. I like her so much. She makes me laugh. Oh, sorry, sorry Brittany's mom. mom. It is too adorable for us to have you here. You've become our podcast mascot, and we can't help it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, is that, it just seems like a lot of work. I got a lot of chores I need doing around my house. I I already got too many people in my house who pretend not to do anything. I don't need, I don't need another person. I know. And certainly... And certainly not a man. Uh, <laughs> Sit around lazily, not doing anything. I am no doubt. You'd be like, can't do it, it, pal. Yeah, we got those. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, that's interesting. That's I mean, I want the grotto. Mm-hmm. I like the underground cave. I mean, I think that would be a that very reflective. Cool. Yeah. I just think it'd be good for your skin, you know, <laughs> to live underground. Really get, yeah, just get to the salt, you know. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, get a, get a little salt water in there and just get away from it all, you know. <laughs> really heal. See what this gardening episode has done to me, and this is who it's turned me into. You've turned into a, one of those. What are the, what were they? They weren't miners. The kids that got stuck in the tunnels. And uh, <laughs> yeah. that's your well, new like life goal. Yeah, it was a. I think it was in. Was it in Chile? Was that in Chile? Well, no, that was the mine. I think there were miners in Chile, and then the kids were in Thailand. I want to say or somewhere like. That. Oh yeah, they it was a soccer team, and they yeah. went just for a hike for like some team building. 
Um, I, I dove into uh, uh, a current story here nice. in the future. Ooh. Zip ahead, zip ahead a few years. And gardening is just, uh, I mean, it's just, it really is truly so beneficial that they even incorporated it into some prison systems. Did you know that? I did know about Alcatraz. I didn't know it existed anywhere else. In the Iowa State uh, Women's Correction Facility, they've recently turned their prison yard into a giant garden. Oh, that's a because, great idea. Uh, it's wonderful because the you know when when women are in prison they you know they still need their their children I think in a women's prison you have a little bit more access to your children and stuff like that mm-hmm. and they uh they come in and and it, it just makes for a more uh, pleasant experience for the the children and the family to come in and, and visit their moms who are currently incarcerated and and it's also just like you know a lot of different teaching tools and and uh builds yeah resilience reflectiveness and you know it is it and it's also just like hey like i'm committed a crime but you know like it's like the thing we talked about earlier of like failing and learning to deal with the failure and and learning how to uh, learn from that and there's just so many positive things so the the iowa state correction facility has now incorporated a major garden so their entire prison yard is a is a giant garden that the children are welcome to come and, and hang out in that's amazing yeah i thought it was really nice yeah you know to be fair if it's an american prison i'm gonna say like 25 percent of those people didn't do anything oh yeah i was just gonna say so you <laughs> uh, i'm gonna go ahead and out on a limb and say that uh some of those people were just mining their sneeze wax and uh probably smoke mm-hmm. smoking a doobie and got 25 years so i mean they do already know a lot about gardening if they were smoking weed <laughs> I was going to say, so you robbed a liquor store. That doesn't mean you don't enjoy petunias. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually was in, I went to Alcatraz last year in San Francisco. And one of the tours they had was like the Alcatraz Gardens, which sounds oh. about as exciting as nothing. Uh, but it was kind of <laughs> interesting to uh, to hear about it because it, one of the prisoners that was there, this was back in the 40s. I mean, he really got into gardening and he enjoyed it so much that once he was released from the prison, he actually asked for a rose to be sent to him from these gardens and he did all this development work there. And Oh, wow. I think it, it's amazing. Yeah. That's really, and I mean, that, that's the thing is I think I'm just, I'm sorry, this is my little liberal heart, but you know, <laughs> you go to prison, I think we should be teaching good things. Yeah, and there, you know, there's there's room to you know develop and, and rebuild, and and you know, there's got to be some way to get back. You know what I mean to real life, and mm-hmm. and I think that's such a positive thing. You know, I yeah, I think a garden in a prison is is as important as a library. Yeah, you know, learn, rebuild, gardening your mind with literature and your soul with dirt. <laughs> or something. <laughs> Carla Richards. <laughs> oh god. No more gardening for me. <laughs> Who has this turned us into? <laughs> I, I need more out of this month. You know. <laughs> that's right. That's, let's get back to us a little bit and talk about uh and talk about the reason we're all here. Yep. The mojito. Woo-hoo. The mojito, do you know where it originated from? Mm. It's a rum base. I'm going to guess America. It's always America. No, this time it was Cuba, Havana specifically. Yes. It's actually one of the only cocktails like sort of that, uh, that, uh, 
is from somewhere else because it's such an American thing to you know put together a cocktail. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the uh, what goes in the mojito? You ask. I, I, what does go in a mojito, Brittany? <laughs> <laughs> so, unprompted, I will answer you, Carla. <laughs> it's uh, it's mint. Yep. And that's why that's the major tie into the gardening because you grow the mint, you drink the mm-hmm. mint. It's mint. It is because it doesn't have to be Bacardi, but Bacardi is the typical white rum used in there. Two teaspoons of cane sugar, oh. three teaspoons of lime juice, and five ounces of soda water. But what how you make it is actually you put the mint leaves in there and you muddle it. I love the little sugar muddle. I do like to muddle. <laughs> There's something about the the T's of the L's yeah. that I like all together in one word. Fine. Yeah, you you muddle. You don't know what muddling is. It's mushing. It's fancy <laughs> mushing. But if you get like a cocktail set, you get this like kind of cool, I don't know. It's not a hammer, but like a stabby, not stabby thing. It's like a rubber. Little... It's like a, it's like a rounded uh, baton. It's, yeah. it, you know what, you guys, it's a glass <laughs> stick. I don't know why we're trying to fancy this up. It's a, it's a rounded hammer shape. It's a glass stick that you mush the yeah. leaves with. It just feels very <laughs> professional. It does. And it is like uh, when you when you muddle it, when you muddle it with a muddler, mm-hmm. uh, you do, uh, you can smell the mint yeah. like right away. Yeah. And it really does. It's very uh, effervescent. So you uh, you muddle that. You, you sprinkle a little sugar in there. Uh, you can make a little uh, uh, simple syrup as well to sweeten it up. It's just delicious. It's it's absolutely delicious. It's really good. It's very uh, summery, good summery, refreshing drink. Not too sugary, too, which is nice. It's not too sugary, and there's nothing fake in it, which I like. I mean, it's cane sugar. It's, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, what's fake and what isn't? Who are we? What is <laughs> What does everything mean? What is life? It's, uh, what is, <laughs> hey, what is life, Carla? Does <laughs> uh, <laughs> ice exist if it's in the sun? <laughs> It's so nice and summery, and you can have three or four uh, before a podcast, or (laughs) perhaps I have, uh, (laughs) but it was invented in Cuba in the 40s. So this is actually uh, the funny thing. It's claimed to have been invented in Cuba in the 40s, Um, and that Ernest Hemingway came down to Cuba and uh, was sitting at a bar in Havana, and he tasted this drink. And he was like, oh, what is this? And they described it to him, you know? And he's like, I shall call it the mojito. (laughs) And then forevermore, people visit this specific bar to see Ernest Hemingway's inscription on the wall claiming that he brought this drink back to America. And you want to know something? Lie? Fakers. (sighs) Faker, faker, alloakers. Not true. They just made it up so people would go to the bar. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, they're like, do you like reading, but also rum? Oh, boy, have we got a treat for you. Uh, yeah, it wasn't true. It was actually invented, like, far before that uh, as a cure for uh, scurvy on the boats. That was to keep the sailors from getting sick. Oh, did mint, I guess mint has, I'm sure I read this today. It, was, it has, like, a ton of good nutrients in it, I guess. It does, but it was mostly the lime juice. Oh, it okay. was. Yeah, they they were like, sorry. Look, rum, they, they were like, look, rum is curing us. They're like, no, you dinguses. I love that. There's so many cures for like gin and tonic is the same thing. It was a cure for malaria. 
And it's just, people were like, well, you have to drink this thing. And then we were all like, but if you add rum or gin, they're like, I don't know, just drink this thing that is good for you. No, no. And we'll add a little, a little lime and a little bit. Oh, that is so the human condition, just to be like, <laughs> just to be like, oh, the rum is sure making me feel better. It's like, no, it's not. It's dehydrating you. Now you need more lime juice. <laughs> you colossal knobheads oh. but they had fun and you know what i like fun mm-hmm. <laughs> as previously mm-hmm. stated in past <laughs> podcasts i enjoy a bit of fun yeah but yeah it was um eventually uh renamed the mojito and then basically that bar just kind of made that up to for it to gain traction is it like a promo yeah oh. but what who are, who are we to judge it works yeah. We'll have to we'll have to plan it whenever we get to go outside again. We'll have to go to Cuba to research that more further for the podcast. Send us your donations <laughs> and we'll go find out more. Send us your donations to Brittany and Carly go to Cuba.com. <laughs> we'll find out the truth about that. <laughs> Please send us your donations to Brittany and Carla leave their families.com <laughs> to go to Cuba. Um yeah, man. I actually that's a place I'd love to visit. Is oh, it's been on my list for so long, and I just—I only fear. Uh, my only one fear of going to Havana is that I would get there and only, only sing Havana Unana. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they may have like a thing now about that that you get. You know, it says in the airport. <laughs> Please do not sing this song. <laughs> yeah, in yeah. the same way that every time it's raining, I go umbrella, Ella. Or if I'm in Vegas, I only go Vegas, baby. I'm very annoying to be around. Is what I'm trying to communicate here. Well, you gotta have a catchphrase for every city that you go to. Every every city you've ever been to, you have to (laughs) Iowa State Correction Facility Gardens. (laughs) Yay! Alcatraz Prison. Am I right? You gotta just you gotta make it up. Yeah. I have a, a mint fact. Oh, hit me. Mint chocolate chip ice cream. Are you a fan? Uh, yes. I'd say yes. Apparently, it is the fourth most popular ice cream flavor in the United States. Oh, I did not know that. That's st- that does shock yeah. me, actually. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any more interesting facts? I do. I have a couple of uh, flowery kind of facts. Okay. So, there's the largest flower. is called a Titan... A rum, just like rum. Okay. <laughs> and it can grow up to 15 feet, which is a pretty Wow. Big. Yeah. Uh, but it's also called the corpse flower because when it blooms, it smells like rotting meat. Oh, I think I've heard of this. Anyways, that's not going in my garden. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're just like, wow, it really smells like rotting meat back here. You're like... <laughs> Do you have a corpse flower? You're like, no, I actually just hang rotting meat from the fence posts. It keeps the vampires away. <laughs> I also have the fastest growing plant, which is bamboo. And apparently it grows 91 centimeters huh. or 35 inches in a single day. Based on my backyard, I would have assumed it was dandelions. <laughs> the thing that this upsets me, though, and this will hit us on a personal level, because the pandas have to leave the Calgary Zoo early because there's oh. not enough bamboo but if bamboo grows that fast why can't we just grow it ourselves i don't understand <laughs> yeah. complicated political situation 
Or, you know, they do have a whole entire, like, garden facility where you can go and see, like, tropical plants. Yeah. Just wait. You don't have a corner. Bamboo. You can save a quarter to throw up some bamboo. I know. Hmm. You know what this is, Carla? This is Big Rodeo stepping in against the panda. Oh, I bet. But you know what? We're not even getting rodeo this year. Oh, no. What are they doing? (laughs) (laughs) What are they going to do with all those drunk bitches who want to ride the uh, mechanical bull? (laughs) I know what they're going to do. Make them do a podcast. (laughs) That's right. We'll be doing our own Calgary Stampede episode later this year where we just get drunk and fall off things. If you hear of two women dying of a fake rodeo (laughs) accident, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna I'm gonna hire a performance <laughs> artist and dig a hole in my backyard. I'll be like I'll be like, you go there. You're a cowboy now. And you don't eat. That's cowboys don't eat my art. Carla. Yes. Mint I ask you a question? <laughs> no. Like <laughs> They're the earliest form of humor, and I. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right. <laughs> first, first and last pun off of the. Uh, <laughs> of the series <laughs> uh you know what you guys we do this every week and if, if you like puns tune in for next week's episode because yeah, yeah, i'm gonna have about 43 more of them uh we 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 have episodes new episodes come out every thursday so tune in uh, to the latest episode of life pairings uh we can follow us on instagram at life pairings podcast you can email us at lifepairingspodcast at gmail.com with your garden ideas. Uh, if you want to start a cult and you want to ask us if you want to join, yeah, you can send send us your address. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't make us do weird butt stuff, we're in. Uh, please t- tag us, uh, call us. I'll give you Carla's address and phone number. <laughs> Whatever you want, <laughs> but more than uh, more than anything, if you uh, listen, subscribe, share, uh, and uh, and just have a good week, you guys. We love you. It's it's yeah. already been so much fun, and we can't wait uh, to see you again next week. Yes, thanks everybody. Thanks, guys. <laughs>